0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC.
1: Think Radio. This is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy blodridge Janderson, President of New Perspectives and ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. When you hear Extension Service, do you think gardening or maybe 4-H and showing livestock? You might be surprised to learn they teach financial literacy. Our guest today is Dr. Rebecca Smith from the Extension Service Center for Economic Education and Financial Literacy. We'll talk about what they have to teach us, and our regular experts can take your personal finance questions. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Nancy. Were you going to share the latest update on a second round of COVID stimulus relief, or is Ryder going to handle that?
0: Well, I think I'm jumping in. Um, Our listeners certainly have been asking for this almost every week. We finally have a stimulus bill and one part of that is an additional one-time payment before uh back in the spring each person got twelve hundred dollars twenty four hundred for a couple with extra for children this time it's going to be about half of that so if you got a stimulus amount last time you will get one this time six hundred dollars per person and children will also get that same amount six hundred dollars per child up through age 16 we're not sure if there's a family maximum at this point i'm looking for that
1: Ryder, uh, what caught your eye on the uh, relief package anything uh
2: so there were they they brought back a few um business deductions one that was folks uh criticized both Criticized from both sides, but also praised from both sides, was the business deduction for lunches. Um, there had actually I'd seen some proposals that uh, even making uh, dining out uh, tax deductible for everyone. That was a bit of an extreme uh, thing, just because restaurants have been so so severely impacted um, by the by the ongoing pandemic. I mean, they were the I mean the number one thing to shut down uh, was restaurants, and uh, so bringing back the tax. Deductibility, you know, I don't know that that's going to have any impact on how much folks are spending, but possibly, you know, especially as people start going back, um, giving them a little financial incentive, if not to dine in, at least to spend money at restaurants um, as a business.
1: All right. Uh, we have a caller this morning that looks like it's a stimulus-related question, so let's uh, talk to Sue. Good morning, Sue. You're on the air with us.
0: Good morning. I'd, I'd like to ask a stupid question. When you do your income tax, do you have to count that $1,200 stimulus check as income. I mean, it's income, so I, I suppose you do have to pay taxes on it. Nancy? Oh, gosh. we looked this up before, and I cannot quite remember. Ryder, do you remember the answer to that one?
2: Um, I, I don't remember specifically how it will affect your taxes, but in general, I believe this was—it's kind of, kind of classified—considered an advanced tax refund, and um, tax refunds that you have, they do play in um, somehow, um, but it would be specific to your tax situation.
0: Hmm. That's. Uh, I would say, Sue, that's not a dumb question. That's an excellent <laughs> question, and we need to find the answer to that.
1: Okay, thank you. All right, Sue, always good to hear from you. Uh, we'll continue to work on that, and uh, if we uh, get any information, we certainly will pass it along here on Money Talks. Got another early question mm-hmm. on the line, so let's talk this time to Terry in Tupelo. Good morning, Terry. You're on the air with us.
3: Good morning. Uh, I had a question about stimulus uh, The last time I got a round of stimulus, my children did not get one, and then I find out that if they're over a certain age, they don't get one, even though I may claim them on my taxes. Um, What do I do to get them registered so that they do get a stimulus check?
0: Well, they would have to be paying taxes on their own. And a lot of children do that. If they have summer jobs or part-time jobs, they go ahead and file on their own. In that case, they would not be on yours, um, and then that would allow them to get their own stimulus payment.
3: You know, I remember last uh, go-round, they had a website that you could go to to confirm that you are going to get a stimulus or that you're registered. So two two of my children work jobs and file their own tax, one does not, she's just turned 18. Um, So my question is, is there a place that they can go to make sure that they're registered for the stimulus?
0: Well, we did have an app last time um, that allowed people to look to see where they're payment was in the system, but we had a lot of complaints about that app. Um, I would say go to irs.gov and see what's available this time around. We do know if it came through easily for you before, it should be um, the same direct deposit, and we're expecting those to
2: start within the next couple of weeks.
3: Okay. All right. Thank you.
2: Thanks. Yeah, so, go ahead, Ryder. So, Oh, so a couple of things. One, a little more specific on that website, it's irs.gov slash coronavirus. That's where they're kind of compiling all of the coronavirus information, um, including, you know, where's my uh, check your payment status, get uh, answers to questions on the economic impact payment. Um, And I did a little digging on the uh, status of the economic impact payments you know will they be taxable I believe what, what it seems and this was this was a thing that was very difficult for us to, to find at all um, I mean all this year information on this has been scarce but it is considered a advanced refundable tax credit uh, since it is a tax credit that is just, that's kind of free money. So it should not count on the federal level as um, as income um, that may be diff- treated differently on the state level.
0: Also, I would say if you have not received the spring stimulus payment and you think you were entitled to one, they're not gonna send anything out at this point, but you're gonna have to wait until you file your 2020 taxes next year. And there's something called the recovery rebate credit. At that point, you will get the money.
1: Uh, Does this new package uh, mention or have anything to do with uh, unemployment benefits?
0: Yes, it does. Um, They are allowing for an additional $300 a week coming from the federal government to add to state unemployment benefits. And those will um, be available for those people from December 26th through March 14th. So we have 11 more weeks of those expanded benefits. And we know, looking back on the economy, that the biggest impact and what really held us up the most were those expanded unemployment benefits. What we have seen here in Mississippi, um, even though the federal government allowed for unemployment for people who are self-employed, contract-type people, um, under a different program if you are still under that program and collecting you'll get the expanded benefit but here in Mississippi I have heard of a lot of those people who have already been disqualified so for those folks I don't know if it's available or if you have to reapply
1: and then one final question Ryder, I know one of the bones of contention in negotiations was uh, assistance for state and local governments uh, do you know how that ended up with this new package
2: I don't think we saw anything anything significant We got nothing. We got nothing. Very unfortunately. Very unfortunately. And I just want to—this kind of came up in conversation recently. One of the things coming out of the 2008 financial crisis, one of the issues why our economic recovery was so slow is because of of the financial pain to state and local governments. They were the slowest to hire back. Um, private sector hired back pretty quickly Uh, federal government hired back uh, pretty quickly Uh, state and local governments employ a ton of people in this country and they were very slow to hire back and uh, you know a big worry is that they will be again very slow to hire back so every time you hear things about your local infrastructure is not doing good that is your state and local government and they are not getting any help every time you hear something about um, uh, state pensions, PERS, teachers' funds, et cetera. That is your state and local government, and they are not getting help. Um, every time you hear something about education, that is your state and local government, and they are not getting help. Um, and that it was a big problem in 2008, and it looks like it may end up being a big problem in 2020.
1: Send your questions for our experts by email. It's money at mpbonline.org. We're discussing the financial education offered through the Extension Service. What's the main website for the Extension Service? We'll have that information for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. listening to money talks our website moneytalks.mpbonline.org is one way to hear past money talks broadcasts you can also download the mpb public media app and listen on your iphone or android phone on demand Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. To find the information we're talking about today and more, we encourage you to go to extension.msstate.edu. There you'll find everything that the Extension Service provides. And the Smith-Lever Act signed in 1914 established the Cooperative Extension Service, the Nationwide Education System, operating through land-grant universities in partnership with federal, state, and local governments. The foundation goal has always been to deliver education that changes lives and today we're going to talk about their financial education with our guest dr rebecca campbell smith associate professor with the msu extension service she works with the extension center for economic education and financial literacy dr smith welcome to our show this morning thanks for being with us
4: thanks for having me i'm really excited to be here
1: so we said that you work with the extension center what is your job description
4: I have uh, a few titles so the Extension Center uh, for economic education and financial literacy supports teachers across Mississippi so that are interested in incorporating uh, economics personal finance or entrepreneurship in, in any classroom and any subject um, and I'm in the I'm an economist uh, in the community economic development program area within extension uh, so we have a wide variety of uh, services and support for uh, local communities and I serve as the state specialist for family resource management um, and which is of the most interest to your audience today I think.
1: Uh, Has financial education always been part of the service?
4: Um, Extension is created to uh, bring the findings of research being done at universities to improve the lives of businesses and citizens and families. And so it began centered around agriculture because that was the economic base, but um, as the economy has evolved and expanded and and the job of Extension is to listen to uh, what citizens and their communities need. And so over time, that has um, changed what extension has delivered. And so we actually have, in addition to programs in agricultural and uh, conservation, we have community economic development um, and family and consumer sciences. And so um, it's really a, a, a much broader than agriculture.
1: Uh, If you could tell us a little bit about how the extension service is organized. Do both Mississippi State and Alcorn State University participate in the extension service?
4: Yes. So Mississippi technically has two extension services, one that's through Mississippi State University and then one through Alcorn State uh, University. Um, So... What is really amazing about Extension is that we have reach in each of our counties. Um, So Alcorn um, has, uh, they're predominantly service the Southwestern counties of Mississippi and the Mississippi State Extension uh, services um, all 82 counties. And the way that it works is that we have agents, we call them eight county agents that are work in the counties on the ground And then uh, they are supported by specialists, and I'm a specialist. Um, And so they will come to me for support, for questions that they get or programs. And then I deliver training to agents and community leaders that are interested in financial education.
1: Our guest today, Dr. Dr. Rebecca Smith, Associate Professor with the Extension Service. You know, without having to sign up for a class, Mississippians can get financial advice specific to our 2020 year of COVID-19. That's one of the websites on the Extension Service. Dr. Smith, if you would take us back to spring. The uh, pandemic was just beginning to affect all of us. Uh, How was the decision made to dedicate a page to COVID-19 financial information?
4: Uh, Sure. So as an extension specialist, um, it's my job to disseminate trustworthy, unbiased education uh, for Mississippians um, in the area of personal finance and so Extension has a lot of resources available for anyone wondering about how to do things uh, in general at any time. But we know that uh, big life events motivate us to be open and to be looking for answers. And so um, it was certainly a time that people were wanting answers. And so um, many different parts of Extension responded in um, with With information and this was my area so it was clear you know people um the world was full of uncertainty and people were really scared about the the unknown it just made sense to to put together uh, resources that people were were going to be able to to use in the impending recession
1: Um, so uh, what's the source of the information on the website maybe a, a variety of different sources
4: Absolutely. Sure. I wrote the, um, the web page and had uh, help and input from my colleague, Dr. Brendan Wheeler, who's in the Mississippi State University School of Human Sciences, um, and just pulled together basic information um, as, as well as resources, uh, referrals, so that people could go out and get their specific questions answered.
1: So, with all the information that's out there that you think might be important for people to know, it must have been a bit of a challenge to kind of decide what goes <laughs> up on the website. If you would tell us a little bit about that
4: it really it really was um so and it's and it's a there's it's pretty comprehensive so there's a lot on there but you're absolutely right um, so I think one of the the most important things to for people to remember is that um that when we're in um, a time of of scarcity or uncertainty, we oftentimes make uh, decisions that that make things worse. And so I wanted to help people have a bigger perspective and remember just some basic things um, so that they could just keep taking steps in the right direction and as well as provide um, places and resources that people could go. Um, I was getting um, contacts and, and calls. Um, people were really disoriented, um, was really the word that kept coming up. They were overwhelmed and Drain, these are the the words that people shared with me. So like being able to put that in perspective and to help people understand that recessions are part of um, how an economy functions and that we would eventually recover, even though this was something brand new um, to us, this this kind of a recession. So wanted to, to be able to have that perspective as well.
1: We're going to continue visiting with uh, Dr. Smith throughout the hour, but we do have another call to get to, so we will say good morning this time to Robert from Yazoo City. Robert, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please.
5: Uh, I can get unemployment, but they require three things. You have to show up personally on the job to file an application, and you have to have two inquiries, and that's mandated to get unemployment. But with the coronavirus out there, and I'm over 65, I'm kind of scared to go put in an application. Is that still required to get the extension?
0: I think that is uh, something that has been instituted in Mississippi. And, again, that's what I'm hearing from self-employed people, contract people, and the reason they have been disqualified, because they ask the question every week, Have you searched for employment? Now, um, you can apply online for many jobs. That's a problem if you don't have internet access, if you don't have a computer. You might want to try calling your local library and see if the reference librarian can help you. And that's another issue because a lot of our libraries are closed now, so we can't even go to the library. Um, I would suggest that you try calling the Mississippi Unemployment Commission. Um, It's a little lighter there now than it was in the spring when they were overwhelmed. And possibly if you can talk to a person and get some specific information about what you need to show that you still qualify. because. this brings up the problem. You know, how do you go look for work in the middle of all of this? Um, and is there even work available?
5: Yes, ma'am. That's right. And this is a roadblock for a lot of people outside that they still have to work to have a life
2: yes those those two specific requirements were waived as part of the um pandemic unemployment uh, assistance program. I am not sure if they were reinstituted when that money ran out. I don't believe they were. I believe those requirements, the search for work and show up in person um, requirements are still. Uh, waived. Uh, additionally, I know you can do the check-in by phone. That has been an option for a long time. Um, once you are registered, of course, in- the initial registration is going to be the biggest roadblock for most folks. Um, but I do believe we have had the unemployment office on uh, twice this year, and my gosh, we could have had them on a million times, and that would have been not enough information. But they were Uh, it sounded like they were trying to go uh, above and beyond on helping folks get that application in a safe way uh, from, you know, even if it's just you drive, that you call your local office, drive there, and they bring you a paper application to your car for you to fill out um okay. those are options and they are um i know they are willing to work with you to make sure that you can uh get your application uh done in in a manner that is is, is safe and comfortable for everyone
0: they okay. may have All been right. waiving those but um it's popping up again and i know from people i've talked with that they have been disqualified
5: because they could not say in the affirmative yes i've looked for work Uh, Yes, ma'am. And that's what happened to me. Uh, I'm registered. I qualify for unemployment, but I had to get out and physically do a job search with the coronavirus rampant in Mississippi. So thank you a lot. I appreciate the information.
1: Thanks, Robert. Good luck. Nancy, you had something you wanted to add about uh, the stimulus relief package.
0: Yeah, something um, else that was in this new package Is help for our small business people and that was the PPP program if you remember back when it first started you could only apply one time and that's why we told people be careful and make sure you get your best offer because it's a one-shot deal they are now saying you can go the second time and apply for a loan so anybody who got a loan on the first time, go back and talk to your bankers. They've also expanded the use of that money because it was very limited as far as making sure that you used it for payroll mostly. And for especially for our hospitality businesses, hotels, restaurants, they're able to expand that and use that for other
1: expenses. All right. Let's uh, get one more phone call in before our next break. Uh, we'll talk to Robert in New Albany. Good morning, Robert. Good. What do you have for us?
3: In the spring, I got to to claim my uh, daughter that's in college, but yet uh, you guys stated that uh, it was up to 16 years old. Can I still claim my daughter that's in college?
0: Uh, Not for the stimulus. Uh, Again, it cuts off at age 17 and above.
3: Okay. See, she's uh, 20 years old and she does work. So can she, and she's going to college, can she file on her own?
0: She should be able to file on her own. Um, did she have income in 2019?
5: Yes, yes.
3: Uh,
0: and but you declared her on yours in 2019, right? Yes, I did. Okay, so that probably lets her out of any kind of payment for the first round. But it, it's possible she could qualify for this round based on uh, the current year.
5: Okay, so she has to file. And. Okay. Right. She has to file on home.
0: And as I mentioned, uh, it's, it's also possible she could get this recovery credit when she files her 2020 taxes next
1: year.
3: Okay. ma'am, Got you. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Robert. Good luck. For your call. We're discussing the financial education opportunities with the Extension Service. What's one relationship MPB has had with the Extension Service? We'll have that for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the certificate in investment performance measurement from the CFA Institute. Farm Week, Mississippi's oldest and only locally produced agricultural television news show, is produced by the Office of Agricultural Communications for the Mississippi State University Extension Service. MPB TV's network airs Farm Week Saturdays at 6 p.m. with a replay Monday at 6 a.m. Farm Week was added to the TV lineup in 1977 when it was first produced and aired also as a radio version for several years. We're talking with Dr. Rebecca Smith from the Extension Service about their financial education opportunities. Uh, Dr. Smith, we talked about uh, the COVID-19 financial advice website. What other sorts of help does the extension service offer?
4: Um, So extension has a a variety of of other resources. Um, So individuals can call their local um, agent and request programming. Um, Individuals and organizations can call me and we can um, set up um, customized uh, programming. Uh, we also have um, programs that um, agents deliver in their in their counties on adult education, um, that run that run the whole gamut of um, budgeting and credit uh, building and managing debt and consumer protection and. Um, all along that spectrum. Um, We have a really popular program called the Welcome to the Real World Budget Simulation, which thousands of youth in Mississippi go through each year. And so they go to different stations um, after getting um, their scenario with income, and they go through and try to have enough money at the end of the month. Um, As well as uh, we have a a full website um, with a lot of information that People can just um, read on their own. And we have, I think it's close to 70 publications in the area of managing money uh, that have been written over the last 10 years or so. So um, one of the popular series um, is Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. So, And I've had people just tell me that they've worked through those um, uh, publications on their own and, and been able to change their financial outlook. There's a there's a lot uh, that extension has to offer.
1: You know, you mentioned that that budget exercise that you said that a lot of school kids go through. I wonder uh, how challenging that would be for some of us adults to get
3: through as well. Uh, We have, um,
4: I have thought about using it in adult uh, programming because we try to do our programming that's active and fun and and, uh, creates that teachable moment. And that's what that um, simulation does is so it, it helps youth right now to be able to care about the education then that they'll get so
1: i think you mentioned to uh, mention pre-printed publications is there a way that mississippians can go to pick those up or how would they access that
4: uh, so you can there's a, you can print um, download PDFs right from the website, um, and if they're interested in getting handouts, they can go to their local extension office. Um, the extension offices keep a lot of um, handouts already printed, and of course they could request a printed one uh, from their local county office.
1: So in these pandemic times, have you experimented and had success with the sort of virtual classes?
4: Yes, absolutely. So we had um, done a little bit of online work, but like um, the rest of the world, we were pivoting. Is that's the the new term? Uh, we pivoted and were able to um, take advantage of the technology that we have in place. So extension has a, a robust um, technology support, and so we have <laughs> we. Have have been uh, as productive in, or more so even in 2020 uh, than before. So yes, we, we have been able to um, reach audiences through uh, virtual. Uh, now we have been doing um, face-to-face um, programs as the restrictions have been opened. Um, so Extension follows the, the governor restrictions in step.
1: Very good, Uh, we'll continue our discussion throughout the hour with Dr. Smith. Right now we do have another caller on the line. This time we're gonna say good morning to Carolyn from Franklin County. You're on the air with us, go ahead please.
6: Good morning, how are you?
1: Doing good, what do you have for us?
6: I'm concerned on the approach to access uh, assistance for tenants through some of the uh, resources that has been allocated for rental assistance. And I don't know if, uh, being a landlord, if I have eligible for PPP money or source because if my tenant isn't paying, then I'm in a disadvantage. But I don't ever hear anything about how landlords are assisted when they're losing rent and people are still in their home. And if there's any uh, areas I did reach out to... A agency called Mute and one called Ramp, and all I get is leave a message. Oh, the answer the service is full, and it's. I've been doing this almost a whole month and still have not identified any area that can assist me to assist my tenants. If there is no assistance for landlords,
0: so I'm stuck. Yeah, this is a problem because we've had a moratorium on collection of rents to try to help people who can't afford to make their payments, and that moratorium has expanded um, or been extended, but that hurts landlords like you because that is your business and you're depending on that for your income. I would say the first place you need to go is your local banker and see if you qualify for the PPP program. Um, Also, there are other programs that were just uh, through the Better Business Bureau or Small Business Administration, excuse me, uh, the Small Business Administration, where you can get low interest loans and this latest stimulus is now allowing up to 10,000 of that to be a grant, totally forgiven. So uh, talk to your local banker, talk to the small business administration, and see if there's some help there. Also, there's been some relief for those people who are landlords who have mortgages still through federally subsidized programs like uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac.
6: So now, what's the approach because when I go online, it's just information with no no real way to a,
0: a life person to move forward okay, do, do you have a mortgage on these properties yes okay call your mortgage company first and ask if well, you when qualify. I call the ba- okay when I call the banker
6: unless there is tax returns that says tax returns then they say well unless you file a tax return you're not eligible and I'm a disabled senior and I didn't have that because I don't okay, have so more than two or three properties that uh, is, have tenants in it sometimes and sometimes it don't. Now they have tenants, with people that haven't paid since August.
0: Yeah. One of your problems may be that there is no paper trail. So if you have not been organized as a business, and as this person is saying to you, you don't have tax returns showing business income that they can lend you from, then that's going to be a problem. But call your mortgage company first, start with that to see if there's any relief on the mortgage side, and then maybe go back to the bankers and see, based on this newest program, if there's something available to you.
6: Under the grant program? Right. Who's administering the grant program?
0: Well, the grant program is coming through the federal government. We also do have some state grants going on right now, they're smaller. Okay, so what
6: source do you contact who will actually be able to determine if you're eligible or if assistance can be
0: administered? Well, again, start with your mortgage company find out if there's relief based on the stimulus package, ask them that question, then go back to your banker and see, based on this new um, program that's been passed, will you qualify at that point?
1: All right, Carolyn, we appreciate your call. Thanks for calling in. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, visiting today with Dr. Rebecca Smith uh, from the Extension Service about their financial education opportunities. Dr. Smith, uh, what are some of the benefits, do you think, uh, to some of these educational opportunities that you offer?
4: Uh, Certainly, um, our goal is to help people improve their quality of life. And uh, we go at it through the financial lens. And so helping people be able to take steps um, to be able to have more peace, um, to have more power in their lives. um, It is um, it's exciting Job to be able to 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 come alongside somebody who's ready um, to to take those steps.
1: And as we mentioned, uh, you really are looking not at just uh, school age kids, but really running the gamut: uh, kids in school, adults, maybe professionals in careers—a uh, wide variety of of intended audience for your services.
4: Yes, absolutely. So. Um, there's a personal finance needs evolve as we get older and if we have different seasons of our lives. And so what we can do is to and what I spend a lot of time doing is customizing programs for the requests that we get. And so we've done programs, you know, for librarians, training them. Do a lot of train the trainer, uh, but also directly. Right now we're working um, on, on um, doing a program for elderly, um, been in uh, prisons, um, and so yes, absolutely. We, there are um, any audience uh, we can support.
1: We're talking about financial education with the Extension Service today. One of the programs the Extension Service offers on its website is When Your Income Drops. We'll tell you more about that next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
0: This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks.
1: Thanks for listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. When Your Income Drops is a series of publications that are tools for financial management to help you take control of the situation by doing the best you can with resources available to your family. We're visiting today on Money Talks with Dr. Rebecca Smith from the Mississippi Extension Service. Uh, we've got another caller on the line. Let's say this time good morning to Patsy in Quitman. Good morning, Patsy. You're on the air with us. Good morning. Yeah, go I'm ahead. Trying-
6: I'm trying to find out if people on Social Security is going to get a stimulus check.
0: Yes, you will if your income for a single person is 75000 or less, or if you're in a couple, if it's 150000 or less. You should qualify. Now, the qualifier to that is, um, do you file taxes?
6: more, but I used to.
0: Okay, so that's gonna be an issue because they're basing this on your tax returns. And uh, so even though you do qualify, you're gonna have to probably, oh gosh, Ryder, do you remember what the process was for somebody who does not file taxes?
2: Well, well again, did you get the original stimulus check? Patsy? Yes, I did. If you got the original stimulus check, shouldn't be a problem. They have, you know, all of your information. They'll probably send it the same way. Um, A lot of the discussion has been that this round of stimulus, once they start sending it out, should go a lot faster than the previous one, because a big issue with the previous stimulus check was, of course, uh, gathering and consolidating all of that correct information from folks. So... Yes, if you received a stimulus check last time, you should be receiving one this time.
6: I pray so because I'm going to tell you something. If your kids move in with you, oh, my dear God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Patsy, thanks for the call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Uh, Nancy, uh, has the president signed this package into law as yet? Or uh, I guess we may, if not, we're just expecting that to be a formality?
0: Um, I think so, I, and I don't know if it's been officially signed. It only passed about, I think, 9.30 last night. Um, they were dickering all weekend, um, and the big holdup was um, they wanted to constrain the Federal Reserve a bit more, and so they finally um, relented. So I, I think it's just it's a matter of um, it will be signed and become law, and off we go.
1: All right. Uh, We've been visiting this hour with Dr. Rebecca Smith from the Mississippi Extension Service talking about some of the financial assistance they provide to Mississippians. Uh, Dr. Smith, you mentioned a little bit earlier the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise program. Again, if you could remind us uh, what that's all about.
4: Uh, So Healthy, Wealthy and Wise is a series of 12 um, publications. So that can be downloaded right from the website. Um, So it goes over the relationship between health and wealth and uh, try to remember that wealth is our goal. Um, A lot of people get confused and thinking, oh, just maximize income, and, and so we really want people to understand the difference between income and wealth. Um, and then how to find extra income, um, what, how to budget, um, some tips on saving and setting goals, um, establishing and building credit, managing debt, um, some very basics on insurance, and um, how to protect yourself, um, um, uh, identity theft and what files to keep. So those are the topics in the in that series.
1: You mentioned there are a number of modules. Uh, is it designed to go one after the other, or can people pick and choose the ones that seem more relevant to their situation?
4: Absolutely. They can go to what they are interested in um, and and then go in any order.
1: And what about the recommended pace to work through the publications? How long do you think each module would take someone to work through uh,
4: Well, they're developed to be fairly short. I think that probably they're probably average about four pages, um, you know, to go through. So uh, that one can work through that um, set of um, publications at their own pace. Uh, So uh, somebody could do it, you know, in a weekend um, or they could go slow, more slowly over time.
1: And again, this sounds like something that, you know, one of the things we've talked about on this show uh, traditionally is uh, parents getting their children involved in the idea of financial literacy early on. This sounds like something that uh, the parents could go through and then possibly share with the kids as well, maybe do a sort of a family activity.
4: Uh, I, yeah, that's wonderful. So, research is very clear. Um, um, it's really being able to start those conversations younger um, is really, really key. And a lot of times, what we find is that parents are, they're they're unhappy or ashamed even about their own financial choices. And so they, they're kind of embarrassed and they don't, they just don't feel comfortable having those conversations. Um, so yeah, the first step is to be able to, um, to, to take um, steps getting knowledge there's a lot of people just you know they want to stick their head in the ground is it's so overwhelming at times so absolutely to be able to um, sit with your family members and, and, and be open about the budget and being you know sometimes we have to say no and sometimes we need to find other ways to um, have fun together uh, that don't cost Um, as much money you know and of course this time of year there's so much pressure to spend
1: Uh, we're almost out of time but if you could remind everybody of where they can access all this great information that we've been talking about today
4: Uh, Thank you. So extension.msstate.edu is the homepage. And if you go to the tab on family, uh, you'll find a link on um, for many resources, but you'll also find the resources for financial management.
1: All right. Uh, Just a reminder, too, you can always use our email address, money at mpbonline.org, if you have a topic that you'd like to hear us discuss on Money Talks. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your preferred podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Dr. Nancy lotridge Janderson, writer Taft, Taft, and our guest, Dr. Rebecca Smith, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us Tuesdays at 9 for Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.
0: for mpb comes from trustmark a financial partner for businesses throughout the south for 130 years trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances more info at trustmark.com member fdic this is an mpb think radio podcast